Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us here today for a Democrat and a Republican walk into a bar. Welcome. Hi, how's everyone doing? Hi, I'm Cindy Banier, and this is the, my co-host, Sean Hartman. Sean Hartman. I am representing the Democratic side of the aisle, and Sean is representing the Republican side. And we are here at Ollie's in Cape Coral. Thank you so much to Ollie's for letting us record here. It's a Thank you. Yep. really cool app atmosphere. You should definitely come and check it out. They have great live shows. My husband is now looking at the records. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. By the way, you got re married recently. That's right. well, I yep. think last week. Last weekend. Yep. Yep. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hopefully not because I didn't really catch the bouquet, unfortunately, but <laughs> I didn't throw the bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a short and sweet yeah. wedding at the beautiful Edison and Ford Historic <laughs> States here. It was really one of those times in Southwest Florida where you realize, you know, the beauty, this is why we're here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Beautiful sunset, warm breezes. It's a very, it's, it, we have a very lovely part of the state in Southwest mm -hmm. Florida, mm -hmm. where we have that mix of the rural farmland areas up in Lehigh, which mm -hmm. can get very interesting. I was up there for going to the Southwest Florida Ferris all the way up, oh, yeah. all the way deep in there. And it's just an entirely different dynamic than Cape Coral. And of course you have Cape Coral and yeah. the beautiful beaches down here in the islands. We are the island coast of course with all those islands sandabel captiva and all of that and the marshlands and the stuff like that yeah and unfortunately our coastal islands are still very mm -hmm. much under recovery we i took a trip with my family over to sandabel they had wanted to see it since the hurricane and we the sandabel lighthouse beach is totally closed off. We were able to go all the way over to Captiva. The mucky duck made Ooh, it. So we had good. some food over there and sat on the beach and we were able to skirt the red tide as the other thing that's going on. Oh here. yeah, that's what we have. Yep. And red tide, for those of you that don't know, is a harmful algal bloom that happens when there's too much nutrients in the water. It's a natural occurrence, but when there's a lot of stuff, like after a hurricane, it gets really kicked up. So yeah. unfortunately, from Sarasota all the way to Collier County, they're having it right now. So not safe to go back, go in the water right now. There's a bit of a yeah. smell with sometimes with these, and it's just generally unsafe. So it's a lot of things we deal, deal with here yeah. locally with our environment, but thankfully we have a very beautiful environment. And especially with what's going on in the islands. If you are able to help, obviously there's, I'm sure we can find the links and put it in the, in the podcast <laughs> yeah, and the details. We'll put it in too. Yeah. But also, there's no. still people, even though the news, I'm sorry for interrupting, Go but ahead. even though there's new, the news has stopped covering it, we are still recovering down here. 100%. Maybe not our cities. Cape Coral's actually done pretty well, even though our beach is still aren't open yet. Mm -hmm. Islands, Sanibel, Fort Myers Beach, and you get these small stories. There's a story in the news of a, gentleman who rebuilt the Florida Pier, or the Fort Myers Beach Pier out of uh, popsicle, popsicle sticks. sticks. Yes. Yep. And it's really showed us how to come together as a community, For sure. just unified us again, but we're still dealing with it. It's yep. not over. For us, no. Even though the national news is not covering well, it. they like what's hot, and yeah. it's you know recovery is never exciting. Yes, no. Um, but I do know that Lee County's led the state in unemployment, and it's because of the hurricane. Yeah. And this is our season when the tourists come down. It's not as booming as usual, but we are hoping with the Boston Red Sox spring training yes. coming that we'll get those folks in. We actually get a huge influx of mm. folks coming in with the spring training and also people coming down on spring break. And if you don't want to go to the beaches, which is fine, there's plenty of great places, hotels yeah, with pools. Downtown Fort Myers and downtown Cape yes. Coral has gotten 
are much greater now. Yep. A lot of opportunities, a lot of places you can go yep. if you don't like the beach. And definitely with the nature too, there's a Beautiful places in Cape Coral where you can the hike. Nature Center. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm on the oh, board the, of the Calusa oh, Nature I Center. The I grew up on the Calusa Nature yep. Center. Hike, hike through the, and the planetarium. There's beautiful the planetariums. Yeah, there's lots of different things to do. So definitely don't count out Southwest Florida. No, absolutely not. So let's talk about some other stuff, some politics stuff. Yeah. See, here's what's funny is Sean and I get along so well. <laughs> even though we can disagree on certain things yeah. but I want to try and push on some things here. See if we can get. <laughs> oh dear God. Some... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh, no, I'm into this. Let's see what's Let's going see. on. Yeah. No, but here's, I think actually the point is we can disagree yeah. in general as people, like it's okay. And we can look at things in different perspectives yeah. and, and hold our own. And we hope that's what we're bringing to you here at DVR in a bar. Yeah. And just the fact in general that we can have these conversations without getting at each other's throats. And this is something now I was, wanting to talk about CPAC, but I haven't watched it all yet. So hope next, next one, we may discuss it. I haven't watched any of it, Yeah, but I want to do a binge watch, but I did see some of it. And there's a lot of, there was a lot of talk about, this is a battle of good versus evil. And again, I think you get that mentality on both sides where one side's good, one side's evil. And I think that is not a good it's starting point. Yeah. yeah. Oversimplification notwithstanding, it's othering the other side. Yeah. And it's it's the factionalism that George Washington warned us about back mm -hmm. in his farewell address. Mm -hmm. I'm always very careful that I like the fact that we can show that we can without with without getting at each other's throat, without seeing each other as this yeah. villain. Yeah, because truthfully we're not Enemies. Yeah, no, we're not. Americans. Yeah. We're Americans with a different perspective. American, America first, if you will. Let's well, we're think Americans. About yeah, we're Americans. Ourselves, first. our community, and what we want, right? Mm -hmm. In life. And it's okay to want different things. And frankly, here's the thing even in a country, a city, a state, it's okay for different people to be working for different things. Yeah. That's and, okay. And the fact is that when you come down to our values and our principles, yeah, even those can be different, but we can still work together where there is common ground. And and again, agree to disagree when there isn't, when it doesn't have, we sometimes pick mountains out of molehills with certain issues True. on both sides, I think. Yep. But I think even with differences in values and differences in principles, we need to start having tough discussions like I'm sure we're going to have. Today. And also, this is why I love civil society. This yes. is why I love mm -hmm. and I've dedicated my life to working in nonprofit organizations. Yes. Because these are folks who are really dedicated to a cause. They're putting their money, their time into it. And you can do it differently. So if you're with a church group, put your money and time into that church group and what your church group values, right? Yeah. If you really want to save the environment, then you can put your time and effort into that. And I work with so many different amazing organizations here in Southwest Florida mm. and around the world, frankly, and that I'm always inspired by people who are putting their money where their mouth is, their time yeah. and effort into things that matter. Because I would frankly much rather see that mm. than people arguing about nonsense. Yeah. And it gets into an aspect of pluralism where we have to have, we as America have been defined by our pluralistic society. The fact that we have differences of opinions and can still have a functioning or recently probably more semi-functioning, but generally functioning democracy slash republic, depending on whatever word you want to use. I'm not even going to get into that discussion, but same thing. <laughs> but uh, but, no, same thing. but the, the point the point being is that it's a major aspect of the type of people that we are in America. And we don't want to have mm -hmm. I wouldn't want a system or a political system in which conformity was required, even if it was conformity to my side. 
because right. that's that's just not appropriate. It's right. just it we need a dialogue, and it wouldn't work. And you have to have people a space for people to disagree. Yes. And actually, that's how we get better. Yeah. It's how we there's blind spots that all of us have in what we do. Yeah. It's why in workplaces you get feedback in education mm. you get feedback so yeah i want us to get back to that and i think we're yeah. making a step for doing it here yeah. i agree i agree and again i would even yeah that is i agree that's probably about as much as i have <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i would say just one thing before we jump into some controversial topics yeah so i teach at a university here mm. and i teach about american government and i talk about our history and in one of the things i always like to emphasize is actually how amazing the United States is. How, yes, there there's criticism always to go around, yeah. always. But let's fundamentally look at how amazing the Constitution mm. is, how amazing it is that we can have dialogue, yep. and that we have a government that does so many different things. We forget about it yeah. most of the time. We really do. We forget about how important it is to have functioning airlines yeah. and ports and rail systems. We've seen that. I think we talked about that last time too. Yeah. When the rail right. systems are a mess, now we're seeing it. But well, yeah, the thing that's is, where we get all of our, everything from products, you know, maybe not as much as transportation to people, but that's for transportation of goods, good, the things that we have. And well, yeah, the trucks, they come in from the ports, good on the trucks and they either get driven at some point in time and put on a rail at some point in time. Yep. Freight rail is huge in the United States, but these things we don't think about. We don't think about even the defense system, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think about the agricultural system that helps keep our agricultural yeah. industry on one of the best, biggest agricultural producers in the world. Yeah. And I just, I always just take folks through, hey, look at these different departments and remember, these are, this is a good job. And yeah, let's talk about how to make it better, better. or great again, if you will. Let's talk about how to make it better, but let's not just throw the whole thing out exactly. because there's value in having a sophisticated government. I think that's refreshing, especially hearing that from you as a Democrat, because we get that from our side where there's this concern where Democrats and the left are anti-American, which I don't think is necessarily the case. I think you do have some factions that have this very oppositional view of what the United States is and points to this error or this sin or this problem that in the end of the day, we've overcome, we've progressed. Right. And I think there there's no argument that there's more ways that we could continue to improve and continue to progress in that way. But I don't think you do that by, like you said, throwing the baby out with the backwater. Right. We have a wonder, wonderful traditions and values here in America that made make America great, and as the parlance goes. But and I think that there are always ways to make us better. But it's very refreshing, obviously, to at least have that agreement, especially when the rhetoric says that oh, Democrats don't love America. Oh no, absolutely, mm. and it is just it's. I think the point is like you can be critical of certain things, yeah, and still have love and respect for your country and love and respect for your home. Yeah. You know? I think that's where we get into the rub, right? Where people interpret criticism hmm. as that we, you we can... hate America. Oh, yeah. Or I will also say some people even, they maybe they go too far with the concept, not just criticizing it, but yes, being very upset about it. And yeah, again, throwing the whole, the baby out with the bathwater thing. Yeah. Let's Almost revolutionary. Let's toss out the constitution. Let's create an entirely right. new system of government. That's the type of stuff that concerns me. I will tell you that no Democrat 
has said that. No, that's true. I'm not, I don't have any knowledge of a Democrat who said that directly, but it's that sort of the mood that you get from some factions. I think there are some people who are very upset about things and there's sometimes the right to be upset about Mm -hmm. things. But again, this is the difference. I think we talked about this last time too, is the difference between protesting and governance and movements. And these are all different things. So I think people who are in the protesting kind of space, right? Where they're doing demonstrations and they're upset about things. Sometimes that's as far as those folks get. Yeah. And that's okay because that's an important part. But the idea is you don't just say, okay, these people are mad. We're just going to not do anything with them because they're mad and they can't figure out what they want. It takes all of us to figure it out. Okay. So these folks are mad. Let's figure out why they're mad. What needs to be changed Mm. in policy? So it's kind of like a baton toss and a relay race. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's incremental when you deal with that type of change. And again, you don't want to make changes that end up, when you, again, destroying the foundations of what makes this country great. When you talk about, again, I think I mentioned this in the first episode, to be a conservative means to conserve. What are we conserving in this case? It is America, America as it stands, with its values, with its traditions, with its constitution and the liberties that are protected by it. And within those confines of what we're conserving, making the necessary reforms and changes that we need to fix the problems that are real problems that both of us see. Yeah. And I'm, I am somebody who's very much pro policy. I I have seen like how good policy can help people Mm. and policy can hurt people. Yeah. So that's my big thing. Yeah. Cause I'm ultimately at heart a policy person. (laughs) I usually say I'm a technocrat that became a politician I wasn't like a politician that had to like learn how the government works. It's like I had always been working behind the scenes. I mean, yeah. I worked with high level government officials from many countries around the world, helping them to design policy. And it was always the idea of like, how is it that what we do at the federal, the state and the local level is going to help people? Yeah. And so that's always been my, my and I think And I think that real, pe- real people on both sides who are genuine about public service see their role as a problem solver, not as an instigator. And I think that's where a lot of people, including myself, get exhausted with politics, is that many of us get in because we want to serve, we want to solve the problems that affect our community negatively, but you get into the campaigns, the campaign aspect of it, and it's more performative. And then depend, then you're essentially running for office in perpetuity, so it's all right. performance without any governing. So right. That, that's so the speaking of people... <laughs> Who, speaking of performative speaking politics, of performative <laughs> politics, let's just so I to be fair, it, it, neither one of us has looked a whole lot at CPAC, but some of the things that have come out mm. leading up to CPAC were that Trump was the headliner yep. that happened actually last night. Yep, I still need and to watch so, that. I saw some of it, but not all of it. Some other major Republicans did not go. What their reasons were, there's various reasons. So we know that Ron DeSantis didn't go, Mike Pence didn't go, Kevin McCarthy didn't go, Mitch McConnell didn't go, mm. Christy Noam didn't go, amongst others. Nikki Haley did go. Yeah, I was that was why I was shocked that she did go. I thought I would concern she would have been. I think that her and Trump are kind of. That's what, yeah, we have a conspiracy that they're working together. That they're just like, anyway, so. Yeah. So yeah, so these folks didn't go. They it, This is usually, CPAC is the Conservative Political Action Committee. It's been in the years, recent years leading up to today, 
a very influential annual conference. And it actually, there's a whole bunch it, of stuff that's It's, it's the crazy. San Diego Comic-Con of conservatives. They had it in Hungary. There's these, oh, yes. There was a time we had like it There's like this Hungary. whole like authoritarian vibe that's been going on the few years. Uh, Maybe that's driving folks away. I actually hope that's what it is. And well, it's not just like petty stuff. I don't think Trump. it was. A, but anyway, yeah. so what's your take? What's your take on From why would, these folks didn't come? Oh, why they did it. First off, I want to address the authoritarian part because I haven't. Again, we I haven't watched all of it, but I haven't seen anything in my end that sting it with Victor Orban. Yeah, okay. That and was, having Victor Orban come the year before while it was I in think, Texas. I think Victor I'm, Orban's an interesting subject mm. in and of itself for sure. Don't I definitely don't agree with his, his style or tactics. Is there certain issues where there are possibly common ground, like on immigration, maybe? But I do think, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of the association. Of dictators? Okay. Yes, of dictators yeah. and of being associated with them. I'll give you that much. Yes. It's not right. the biggest so like, fan of Maybe Ms. there's some people who are like, why is CPAC having Victor Orban well, and having it? I think what it was is once they announced that Trump was the headliner, those individuals who were seriously in the running were like, we're not going to compete with that. We're going to mm-hmm. let him have his spotlight and not deal with that. Ron, I do know he's been traveling the country with his blueprint, his Florida per- blueprint. The and his book free. that came out. Yeah, his book that came out, his pre-presidential book. And he's going so, to Iowa next week. Yeah. Oh, yes. All of them, I think him, Nikki, and Trump are going to be in Iowa next week. So that'll be fun. But And Trump didn't win Iowa uh, in 2016, people right. forget. So it's not very likely that he'll win again because he no. wasn't. The big issue for Iowa is that ethanol subsidy. And he was one of those uh, few politicians that was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to promise you that. So it was a West Wing episode. I don't know if anyone's ever watched that West Wing episode where all of them were speaking in front of Iowa and they had to do a debate on who's going to be the one to not sit to say they're not going to do the subsidies. And it was the Republican. And so Trump apparently was Arnold Vinnick for 2016, which is, which is so weird. They're totally different characters if you've ever watched the West Wing. But no, I think, I think it was again, went off on a weird tangent there, but it, I think it was right. Trump. A lot of people from the West Wing donated to my campaign. <laughs> oh, really? Did they? Oh, yeah. Like, that is pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Three or four of them, at least. I'm a. I'm sorry. I'm a still a big fan of the West Wing. I think they did that show very well. Yeah, it's and, very uh, authentic. Yeah, very like inside Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, and I think they. I think they portrayed Republicans. Sometimes I was a bit upset by it, but I think there's one episode where I got. I think it was very derogatory. But besides that, I think they portrayed Republicans very well, too. And I liked the honesty there where it wasn't just demonizing us as Hollywood tends to do. So, you know. Everyone except Scott Baio. <laughs> Scott Baio, apparently. There's a few that still, John Voight, I still get still his yeah. movies. Is he still alive? Yeah, he is. And Rob Schneider, too, is my God, still doing right. it. I was like, Schneider Schneider became a Republican. He was like, that was the funniest one for me because I Deuce grew up Bigelow. on a- is super into Republicans, guys. Just yeah. sorry, you guys get like the no, worst have... actor. Oh, you got the guy that what's his name? Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Like not even the cool Superman. Kevin Sorbo. We Kevin Sorbo Ho is Hercules. I will take like Hercules. Like in the nineties. I, I still will take Hercules. I'm sorry. I like Kevin Sorbo as Hercules. I grew up on that too. As that a, wasn't as even young, on like a major channel. I was like a four. That was on like the CWs, like the upper <laughs> the W. Channels. No, it wasn't the C. It was WB, WB at the okay, time. Okay, it okay, wasn't okay. the CW. Whatever it is. Like it wasn't like a major. Or like Channel UPN show. or something, actually. <laughs> I, like, I think it was UPN. Uh, yep. Okay, cool. So we got that dude. 
Avengers <laughs> Bigelow. I think there's probably more in Hollywood who are secret Republicans and just don't come out like that. I know. <laughs> I really no. I'm serious because one, look at how much money they're making. They don't want to yeah. be taxed on yeah. that. There's people like like and fifty I, cents. And I, them. I think look at how Tom Cruise with Top Gun Maverick. There's definitely some pro-military vibe with a lot well, of stuff. I, so Tom I think Cruise vote, votes however Scientologists yeah, that's tell true him too. to. So. Again, <laughs> but I think that, but I do think that you have people in Hollywood who are maybe not publicly conservative, but vote conservative. I think it's very likely. I think it is too, but it's also who's saying different things. I don't know. Well, you can't. You have to be very careful in Hollywood. They blacklist you for anything these days. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So you think that the folks who didn't go to CPAC just didn't want to... I don't think they wanted to compete with Trump. I think once Trump was announced, they were like, let's just have him, let him have it because he's going to suck the energy out yeah. of it. He Here's was- something that's interesting. And I don't know if you've heard this, but please chime in if you have. So I actually heard that there was a big fundraiser in Florida by the Club for Growth. I did hear something and about that. that yes. um, I didn't. I don't know who went to it, but I know that Byron Donald says big time supported by Club for Growth, and I believe that DeSantis is as well. So he De- ma- DeSantis, made- I heard, was there, and uh-huh. uh, Chris Sununu was there because I was watching. It was Sununu. on Sununu is apparently eyeballing up the governor of New Hampshire. Wow. He's apparently okay. eyeballing a potential presidential run. He was on Meet wow. the Press today, and that's where he mentioned he was so like, hey, he was there with DeSantis. Past, okay. <laughs> no, younger Chris Sununu. Okay, not older Chris like, Not John Sununu, Chris okay. Sununu. It's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was on Capitol Hill when I worked there in 2000. I was, I was like, holy I was crap. like, but yes, I, because okay. for most people who are in the now, Chris Sununu, they would, if they do know him, is the current governor of New Hampshire, who's the son of John Sununu, okay. who is the longtime White House chief of staff and has been, like you said, in was Washington senator at some point. Yeah. He's been there for quite some time. And so the Sununu dynasty is, has some longstanding roots. Despite their completely ridiculous name. Yeah, I know, right? Really big. So yeah, anybody yeah. should not be afraid to throw their head in the ring. You see, I'm very curious as whether or not Chris Sununu will, and if he'll even stay in the race, because he's, he's talking mostly about messaging and trying to reach out to independent voters. And the fact is, it's not going to win him any primary wins. But I think he's just trying to get out there to get a message out. And he's made it very clear. Like if he can't, he thinks that anyone who doesn't get traction and is soaking up votes from the anti-Trump wing, that they should drop out. And he said that very publicly. So I don't think if he think if he doesn't feel like he can earn votes, he won't, he'll drop out very early. So I think it's more for him, a messaging marketing thing, get not even get his name out there, but get his ideas out there. So here's something fun. I'm not sure if you heard this either. Mm-hmm. Marion Williams yes. apparently is, yes. is oh, throwing I'm so her excited head for this. in for the Democrats. Oh, I am so excited for this. She's so excited. Yeah, on Facebook, a friend of mine said, dust off your crystals. Was, Marion's getting in the race. I was like, you, you underestimate her, but you don't know that hit power of love. Okay. I, we'll start sweeping Iowa, New Hampshire. I know. Sorry. Like, it's like, okay, I love, listen, I think that I love this message. Like, it's very nice. I'll, yeah, I'm a big um, fan and of actually, she, So there are some people, obviously, who run, not necessarily because they think going to win, but they have a message to put across. Yeah, I think it, that Marianne Williams is somebody who's like I that. think that's what I'm thinking, too. I think it's the exact same thing with Chris Sununu on the other side. I think it's that and also to get her name out there, keep her name in the area, because she was also very involved with the People's Party. Was that for those that don't know, there was a, a movement, a left, more left wing movement, progressive movement, trying to set up a third progressive party, a working mm-hmm. workers party. That's the working family party. No, not like a working family party, but there was they wanted it to be a pro labor, very progressive, not socialist, but very much skirting the line of it. 
And they haven't really, you know, they're still trying to be active, but there's been some drama with leadership with that party and a bunch of people, different divisions and different issues there. But that's an entirely different thing. But I know Marianne was involved with that group. And I was wondering, I thought she was going to run under the People's Party as president. But, yeah. You know. So, okay. So speaking of party, and I know yeah. that you, this is not one of the things that you wanted to say, but I want to talk about it. Let's talk about the Senate bill that got put out to essentially dissolve the Democratic Party. Oh, what this one you, over here in Florida? Yeah. I think, Lazy, yes, Blazing Goglia. I have to figure, I have to see if my picture with him is still on Facebook. Who, by the <laughs> way, has said that this is not a joke and that he wouldn't put forth legislation unless he was trying to get it passed. See, that, what do you think? If he's serious about it, it's stupid because it's, first off, it's blatantly, it's blatantly unconstitutional. You're essentially prohibiting a party that has evolved over years. Now, mind you, all that they really need to do is, I guess, change the name or recharter or whatever. But again, it's to me, it, it comes off as just him being a troll. And if he's sure. saying that he's not being a troll and he's serious, then I have serious issues with any party. And it sets a very dangerous precedent too. Let's I be agree. clear about this. Because if, let's say, the Democrats or whatever successor of the Democrats ends up being, if this gets passed, is they can do the same to us. Right. And But I will also say, if he's trying to get that message out about cancel culture, because that's what I read it as he's trying to say this, you know, it's act. the ultimate cancel out. And this is something, again, I was thinking about how I could bring this up about our talk at the beginning of the show about how we could talk to each other and disagree. I think cancel culture is a very big problem because it gets people to be afraid to speak what they believe. And it gets, so people are so sensitive that they can't disagree respectfully anymore. If right. you have a difference of opinion, you have to vote. Yeah, cancel but them this and is not, them. okay. This is not cancel culture because this is a yes. legislative body. Yes. This is, yes, exactly. Completely dissolving 100%, legally 100 their opposition. Agree. So this is, they can see that it's because cancel culture hurt them, mm. hurt their feelings. Yeah. But this is we we yes. down that because let's remind everybody what cancel culture is. It's people online being pissed off. Okay, well, that's what it is. Like it's people online being pissed pissed off and that anger affecting that individual's ability to work and whatever ability there is to work or affect their lives in some way. Most of it is not directed at individuals that are regular people. It's yeah. celebrities or whatever. But right? again, what, and again, what it does and these is, are people that have opened themselves up to public scrutiny anyway, as yeah. do companies, right? Yeah. Canceling Aunt Jemima or yeah. whatever, right? And by <laughs> or, the way, the didn't Tucker Car Car yeah. Yeah, Carlson <laughs> just cancel M&Ms? And went on and said oh, no. everybody should not buy M&Ms because they're woke. And let's call spade a spade here. If we're going to talk about that, these are people being <coughs> petty yeah. online hmm. to people. They're not individual. Well, they're not bullying online. I So I slightly disagree with you there. Again, with, and I agree with you 100% that this bill is not cancel culture at all. This is, and I've said very publicly that I'm not a big fan of when you or others call us authoritarian. But that is what you got to call a spade a spade. It is blatant authoritarianism okay. if you're trying to, to pro prohibit your opposition party, period. It literally you know, makes Florida a one-party state. Quite literally. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah. And so I, as again, as a constitutionalist, as someone who believes in the liberties and the values that make, that make America great, I don't think this is one of those things that make America great. I think it is very destructive. It is blatantly unconstitutional. I think it is... Uh, 
And to me, it's a resignable offense or an impeachable offense on Blazing Golia's part because he swore an oath to protect the Constitution. And that is not protecting the Constitution. I will say in terms of cancel culture, again, I don't think it's not just the public outcry. People can have public outcry and it doesn't have an effect on their lives. What I'm talking about is when that public outcry causes people to lose jobs or creative prospects or things like that. And yes, there are public figures and celebrities, and we can have a discussion of that. But the fact is, it's still there. Where, okay, let, give me an example of an individual person who's been a victim of cancel culture. Gina, what was her name? Gina Carano, the one who was, because I was watching The Mandalorian recently. That that's not an individual. That's not, she's a public figure. She's yeah, a but what I'm, but what, No, but what, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's mad figures, at for her. Public figures are, yes, but public figures are individuals. But that's, but that's up to her and her company and yeah. all that stuff. And honestly, yeah. Yeah, there is that, uh, there, and shit. I will say there but is. that's an, not the same. No, anybody who's a public person that puts their persona out there, they they are flooded with stuff and that's not the same and just to be like sad because some cool chick's not on the mandalorian anymore because people well, got that's... mad at her because they're anti-vax and again mm. i don't think that it had anything more to do with than with the people that she was working yeah. with but again and that's their decision what i'm saying is we can't pretend cancel culture is like doesn't have a negative effect when you're talking and whether you, I get what you're saying about public figures, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I respectfully disagree, <laughs> but I if think you can't that, give me an example of an individual person who you're talking about has been canceled. I can do it on the opposite side. People have been canceled legally. Well, by talking about like a non-celebrity. No, I don't can't yeah, give you an I example mean, of a you know, non-celebrity. There was but, the teacher in Cape Coral who got canceled by the school district because she talked about LGBT mm. issues and the fact that she was LGBT. Didn't force anybody to do anything, but she got canceled. Mm. She lost her job. Yeah. Now that's just the first one that comes to my mind. But, uh, so again, I guess I'm just don't understand this outrage on cancel culture because I'm sad that it's going to happen to me. Here's the thing. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Don't be in a position of power where you're influencing people and saying bullshit and then maybe you won't get canceled. So I, I agree. With, I do think that if you don't be an asshole is probably the easiest way to not get canceled. But again, it's <laughs> yeah, diminished. I, think in general. I just want to end with the on with this again. I don't think it's right to diminish just because someone is a celebrity or a public figure doesn't mean that when they lose job work or they lose something that it matters that it doesn't matter it may matter less in degrees because obviously for example i can't even think of another example right now i'm just anyway but the point is like with these people getting canceled who are celebrities they have enough money have enough resources to yeah. fall back like your teacher example they don't yeah. which is itself which is life. another concerning thing did kanye get canceled or something okay who gives a shit kanye's yeah. got a lot of money yeah exactly so i, I can accept that sad. i can accept that if in terms of degrees i can accept that saying anti-semitic things like mm. it's i think there's a differentiation between getting called out for yeah. shitty behavior and kanye is a, and entirely different su subject because kanye is out there but this is what we're talking about too. but like, i agree with you who, who is these camp like, where's this list of aggrieved technically people? if you do think about what it I'm saying so that everybody's like so scared mm. oh my god if i do x y and z i'm gonna get fired it's, it's a total it's a total 180 mind. It doesn't really fucking exist. It's a bunch of people in their opinion. They're not even people who necessarily have power. Yeah. Okay. It's actually far more dangerous to have government legislation yes. and powerful bodies able to go after somebody for a reason and yeah. actually fire them or dissolve their political party. Yes. Yeah. And that, again, it comes into the issue. Yeah, I, again, and we'll go 
I want to go back to that subject as opposed to broader cancel culture. But I hundred I hundred percent agree. What we're like I said, what we're talking about here, this is a complete government overreach. This is pure government control, and it's just it's inappropriate. And I disagree with it on that. Um, I hope it doesn't pass. Yeah, but I'm worried about it passing and it being. Aside from everything that you just said, like unconstitutional, unethical, et cetera, and so forth, I think it's going, it could be a way to basically bury <laughs> Democrats in paper. Okay. So it would mm. make it almost impossible for anybody to run as a Democrat because not only can they not reform their name, okay, I don't think they would even be allowed to use Democrat in their name, but what are the, is the chances that they would be able to do all these paperwork for things that haven't even been decided yet yeah. and then get people to be elected on the ballot and then get people qualified for the ballot mm. and then do enough of a PR job to let everybody in the state of Florida that the, these are actually Democrats. Yeah. That's actually as truly bullshit as the ultimate cancel mm. act is. I'm actually far more worried about the legitimate side of it being that they completely demolish a path for opposition parties to run in the state yeah, of Florida. And what I would hope is if, God forbid, it does pass, that it would be challenged in the courts. Because again, I see this as a blatantly unconstitutional law. But they can, here's the thing, is it can get challenged in the courts and it still doesn't matter because 2024 would come up, it would still be in the courts and we would still have no mm. Democrats running. So here's the thing, and this is what happens a lot of times with these squirrel type of laws around the country is they put them out specifically with the understanding that they're unconstitutional, they're going to get shot down at some point, but that they will cause enough problems that it will be worth the effort. And yeah. that's what I'm worried about <coughs> with this one. Like the uh, Texas abortion law. I see what you're I saying. I mean, and frankly, with every single abortion case, except for the Jackson one that went all the way to overturn Roe v. Wade, that had happened. Laws were passed in states all over the country over and over again, and they got shot down, shot down <laughs> because of the precedent of Roe. Yeah. It wasn't until there was a change in the court that they changed that. Mm. But there were people, and this is what I think people don't understand, is that state legislatures pass laws that are unconstitutional all the time. Either purposefully, other sometimes it's purposefully, like the abortion bans, and because they were trying to set up test cases, et cetera, and so forth. sometimes unwittingly because it just sounds good, and you have people who haven't been in the legislature <coughs> that long. Another yeah. one that comes that that is the the drug testing of welfare recipients hmm. has been shot down as unconstitutional in numerous states for decades. Okay, but hmm. it keeps like getting popped back up, and some point in time, there's always somebody that says, "Hey," and it gets passed, and then it's immediately shut down in the courts, and. Yeah. I think that one is like people just being unwittingly, like they don't really know that it's unconstitutional. Or they don't even understand. I still don't completely understand why it's unconstitutional. Because I used, I mean, I, I'm of mixed feelings now, but I don't see why it's a bad thing to drug test those who are receiving taxpayer money. Because you can't make benefits like based on a contingent of something that you do. That's why. And in places like Florida, where it had a payment requirement, yeah, it was, was knocked out because you can't, Basically, you can't force it's not a, a user person, fee. Yeah. It's not like you can't force them to pay up front for a government service yeah. that, ever, that everybody gets kind of thing. There are certain components of it that just it's that are there to make it like an even playing ground for mm. folks. Say what you want about people who run drugs, but it's just it's it's an easy target because people go, yeah, of course, let's do you that. You don't want them to spend the money on drugs or that you have these situations or the, these anecdotal examples, mind you, 
where people would sell like a food stamps card to, to buy drugs or buy this or buy that or stuff like that. And obviously that's not something you want. That's an abuse of the welfare system. It's I, just you know, people being a boogeyman because actually yeah. the numbers of people who are on welfare or any kind of state benefit, the numbers of those people who are also have substance abuse issues are the same or less than the general population. I think between the races, right? It's like there's a certain percentage of folks, about 10 to 11% of people mm -hmm. who have this predisposition and they get in, like they, they fall into a pit with it. And it doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter whether or not you are on food stamps. Yeah. And the thing is, it's just easy to say those people aren't worth it. Yeah. It, I it's think politically expedient. I can, uh, yeah, yeah. It definitely, again, gets to the point of, of othering an individual. But I think, broadly speaking, the issue we should have accountability in the welfare spending and making sure that PEO it's actually helping the people who are it's getting to but that's another it discussion absolutely altogether does. and yeah. actually the waste in the public welfare system is actually less than shrinkage in the for-profit system in the united states so there's mm. usually between one and three percent of public benefits are fraud or some something along those lines whereas walmart automatically counts nine to 11 percent of their inventory as shrinkage meaning that it's stolen from the inside okay so we're actually working on margins that are better than some of the most profitable companies in the mm. united states but anyway let's yeah. get back to that on another day yeah. you wanted to talk about ukraine yes uh, we had the year ukraine. long we reached the past the year point now of ukraine and it's been something that's been on my mind because i get very worried specifically about russia using nukes on ukraine and i think that it's really only a matter of time i'm concerned which is why i've been that and of course we have the situation where apparently china may be giving them weapons too and so it's definitely something i just thought that since we're both yeah. foreign policy people yeah, and I want. I thought that would be a fun, not fun, fun. topic. Well, no, it Maybe is. not a fun topic. It's a but good topic a, to talk about. An interesting topic and one that we that that's we don't we. It's just in the news, and we just need to make it's freaking me out, quite frankly, because it could be yeah. the first use of nukes since World War II. Yeah, I'm very worried about Russia pulling out of the New Start Treaty. That yes. is the last disarmament treaty, and it mm. was the one that was meant to basically curtail the total number of ballistic missiles yep. that each of the countries had to deliver nuclear bombs, essentially. And Russia pulled out of it, and that means that there are no nuclear disarmament treaties active at this point in time, which is sad because from an international relations and foreign mm. policy perspective, we went through a long period where it almost looked like we could eradicate nuclear weapons. Which I think we needs were close. to be, I think needs to be especially after this war like our number one foreign policy goal yeah. the complete denuclearization it's probably impossible with the amount of people who have them and just the, like there's nine nuclear countries u.s the five security council permanent security council members india and pakistan israel allegedly north korea yeah, nine yeah nine nuclear power right. nine if you count and then six missing ones <laughs> So who knows it has those, but yeah, so I, and I had been listening to some analysis on this at this point, basically military analysts are looking at it and saying the longer that the incursion into Ukraine goes on with Russia, the actually more likely that they are to use yep. the weapons because if, it's, if they get to the point of desperation. That's where I'm worried about. And that's where, so I have a, a theory about with China and what they're doing with Russia. I think, especially after, I haven't read their whole 12-point plan, but I know one of the points was the avoidance of nuclear weapons. 
And I'm interested to see if China, through back channels or directly with Russia, is trying to negotiate, okay, if you don't use nukes, we'll give you the weapons. Because if they have the China resources, they can keep going indefinitely, supposedly. And I think if they have that, and China will be thinking, okay, at least doing this, we're taking this big risk by doing this, but at the end of the day, it's preventing nuclear war. And that's where I'm not saying that's where Xi Jinping and the Chinese foreign policy apparatus is thinking, but I wonder if that's something that's been in their mind. Because that's what I would think is that if China arms them, that would, especially if they can work out a deal where they say, we'll give you this to you, but no using nukes, you take nukes off the table and even have him like declare it publicly or something. I then don't think any of that. I don't happening. think any, you don't think any of that's happening? No, I'm no. Maybe I'm just being cautiously keep, optimistic. Because I keep in mind that my PhD is in Asia Pacific studies. So yes, like, I, I'm barely. You're more experienced on I, this. I just, one, okay. So one thing I know for sure is that the United States and Western countries often misunderstand China. And historically, throughout the Cold War, there was always this fear that Russia and China were basically <coughs> in cahoots together, and they really yeah. weren't. <laughs> okay, they were uh, from until Mao died. I think mm, I think that that's when this it was Khrushchev mm, and them. It was never really as clear cut as Americans thought it was. Every, yeah. it was like very much this idea that. China's communist, Soviet so Union's communist, and so all... they're working together. It was never like that. And actually, even though they're not communist anymore, theoretically, it's mm. kleptocratic in Russia at this point, but with China, it's more like they want their own thing. <laughs> yeah, like, socialism with Chinese characteristics, as they call it. Right, they call it democracy. Oh, they too, do, yes, with, that's true. With, it's just, it's so, just, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's Chinese things. China has always been the way that they conduct their foreign policy is always v through tributaries, like financial exchange. Yeah, like and, the Belt and Road Initiative. Exactly, like the Belt and Road Initiative, and not militarily exclusively, okay? Throughout its history, it's never been like mm. this invasive state, whereas yeah. Russia historically has. Russia has been expansionist throughout most of, much of its history, okay? China's usually, let's send somebody over there, and if they give us, like, enough cool stuff back, we'll just leave them alone, mm -hmm. say that they're part of China. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So they're very different, like, cultural philosophies on how these things approach. Would China make a deal to say, Russia, don't do X, Y, and Z? I don't know. What I understand is that there's actually economic relationship between mm -hmm. them, now, the economic relationship could in include weapons, but I don't think that they would be as forthright as to say, do this yeah. or don't do that. I don't, yeah, they may not be public about it, but I would, I, maybe it's just optimism and hope that they see that opportunity or they come up with that. Because again, my biggest worry with all of this is them using a nuke. And I'm starting to think that there needs to start being negotiations to figure out what to do with those territories. What I would like to personally see, I look at Wilson and his idea of self-determination because the areas that they're disputing, I do know from my understanding, they're more ethnically Russian. And Putin's been trying to use these false elections to say, oh, they want to be with us. But I do think that they need to have a real referendum, probably UN monitor, and let the people in that area decide which country they want to be a part of. And I think that is goes back to our own American ideals again, where Wilson talked about in his 14 points that the individual peoples have a right to self-determination. And I think that they, people sure. of those two 
provinces in, in, and I would even say Crimea as well, have UN right. monitored elections, not US monitored, not Russia monitored, third party. I don't think, think they that's do, gonna work. I don't think they're gonna do it. No. I don't think that's gonna work. Also, here's the thing. Why don't you think it's gonna work? In though? Crimea and other areas, they've also been doing for decades before the invasion, mm. they've been doing like basically incentives to move Russians in there. Uh, it's this, it's which is a very classic move, actually. Yeah. China did it in Wagerstan, Israel's sense. doing it to Palestine. Like you take your own folks and you give them incentive to move in that other place and they say, Hey, look, our people are there. So obviously we must be in charge or should be uh, in charge. Okay. So that's kind of that's so that's yeah, there it's are Russian people there, but it's that's nuanced, because yeah. like we they put, put them, them there. there yeah. And so that's why I don't think that's gonna work. Also, frankly, it, conducting Every country still conducts their own election, even if it's monitored externally. So yeah. there's organizations that was it the National NDI or I would, okay. mm -hmm, Democratic Institute. There, there are oh, organizations yeah, so. that will monitor it, but they don't run that. Yeah. That's the thing. So they can tell you, yes, this election seemed to be on the up and up with very low instances of issues. This election was a complete fraud, right? Yeah. But they're observers. They're yeah, they not, don't have actual. Yeah. Okay, so I see what you're saying. I just don't know if that's going to work. And at this point, the fear and the the, re, the homing, you know, the moving people into that area is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know how people are going to vote if it were to come up to that. That's a good point, too. Yeah. So it's very complicated, as foreign policy always is. <laughs> it's um, it's most, never straightforward. It's the most complicated of the policy of the if you're if, if you're getting into politics and policy, foreign yeah. policy, because you're really dealing with essentially 192 countries and i would say 192 egos essentially at least that have some of them who have weapons of mass destruction that can wipe out entire cities and that's what we're dealing with the thruster at this point is an authoritarian madman who has who is only listening to yes men yep. people are too afraid to advise them otherwise i've seen video where someone even remotely mentions yeah. some sort of risk with Ukraine and he like stares them down and says something and they change their mind mid-sentence. It's, like, it's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, his, he was a KGB dude, so he yeah. wants to bring back the Soviet era. Okay. So all this aside, so I, we're getting close to time, but mm -hmm. one thing I do want to ask, mm. I'm not going to jump, jump into another issue, but I want to ask on this because back here in the United States, there is some partisan divide on how we approach Ukraine and mm -hmm. the funding and things like that. So what do you think? Should the U.S., be providing funding to Ukraine? That is a good question. I do know, so I have mixed feelings about it because I understand where the faction that comes in that's not, I wouldn't say anti-Ukraine, but that are anti us giving the money to Ukraine is we're concerned that we're about to get into a war with Russia. The way I do see it though is we're already in it no matter what. And we have a treaty obligation. There was a treaty in the 90s and I don't know, you probably know a little more information on it, but where it was us, Russia, and another country promised to protect Ukrainian sovereignty, a territorial sovereignty, if they gave up their nukes. I am actually, I have a bit of a radical opinion, which I know won't work, mind you, but I am of the opinion that because Russia violated the treaty, that Ukraine is well within its rights to obtain nukes. And I think that it, I don't, it's something that should be considered as a nuclear deterrent if Russia is going to be threatening nukes. How we would go about doing that, obviously, if the U.S. gave 
Ukraine oh nukes. God. That's a serious declaration of war. It's bad enough just with but, yeah, Finland that's... and Norway getting added to NATO yeah. and essentially Ukraine being the proxy war between the United States, mm-hmm. Russia, and the, and NATO, right? It's sitting in there. Yeah, that's a horrifying it, precedent, yeah, by it, the way. It's a horrifying idea. But again, my biggest worry in all of this is... A nuclear bomb, me waking up one day and in the news, a nuclear bomb goes out. We hear that a nuclear bomb has gone off in Kiev or some other Ukrainian city that I can't pronounce. But that's that's been my focus and what's been keeping me up at night. And But um, you're not sure if the United States should be supporting. I'm weapons. not against it. I'm honestly not against providing funding and resources. I think we have a treaty obligation to do so. I think I see it as us honoring that obligation. Again, I think that with it, though, we have to start really pressuring moves for peace. And I do think we're at a point where Zelensky may need to figure out some concessions that he needs to give. I don't know what. That's the question. So you want... Like 1939, we're just gonna. Oh, absolutely not! Do we're not just put. Concess, do, you're give thinking. Hitler the land you're thinking. First off, no. That's first off. That was 1938, not 1939. <laughs> that's that's you history. Yes, I do know. You I wanted know. to give the concessions to the expansionist dictator, just to make everything happy and peaceful. I don't want to give the expansion. No, first off, again, and with the territories, like I said, I do think the people need to decide where they go, and I do understand where the complications are there. But what I'm talking about is, for example. Ukraine making it clear they won't join NATO or and I really don't didn't they make it clear when they declared sovereignty of Ukraine like this was already decided yeah. but I, again I don't know exactly it, what it's only Vladimir be Putin done. that's been like no yeah. that's actually ours but, because he wants to start expansionism he wants to rebuild yes. the Soviet Union and that's what the biggest threat to everybody in Eastern Europe Estonia next is Lithuania next Moldova I think was the one who was the biggest concern because they're like yeah. And Belarus, all these places. Well, Belarus wants to be a part well, of that. Well, that's what I'm different. saying. Like, all these states, post-Soviet states, <laughs> yes. are at risk. Oh. And not only that, but yeah, the whole like peace and security of the entire world based on nuclear war, right? Mm-hmm. And not even, let's just throw into the mix yeah. whatever China wants to do in the South China Sea with Taiwan. Yeah. So we're actually looking at potentially like a two-front Exactly. War, this right? could be this so, will become a major conflict, but don't I, rope me in with Chamberlain with this, with what I'm saying. It's, but it's, like, you're like, you're hedging and you're hedging because of how your other Republicans are. Because listen, Republicans love to be badasses. They want to go in and blow shit up. Selling weapons is the best shit ever because Americans make money. (laughs) It funds the weapons industry. It's like, how the fuck are the liberals the the ones that want to fight the war? And the Republicans are like, maybe we should just let them have some peace talks. (laughs) The fuck happened to y'all? No, actually Trump happened to us. I will say this. (laughs) One of the one of the few things I think, and you may disagree with me, but one of the few things I think Trump Trump. really did is brought an anti-war sentiment to the mainstream more so than it has been within our own party. But y'all wanted to stay in Afghanistan forever. Yeah, we which okay. Let's just yes, and I agree, which was wrong, and mind you, the way we pulled out was wrong too. But again, talking about Afghanistan, who made that agreement? Trump was making made that agreement. You just said his name, Trump. Trump, Trump, thank you. Yes. Trump made the agreement to, to pull out. Trump was negotiating the agreement to pull out and was going to be slightly And then different. Biden gave us a little bit more time. But that was a Trump move. <laughs> yeah, but that had nothing the, but to do then, with foreign policy and everything to do with but, domestic but politics. But going back to that, that was that's a pro- my point, is this is domestic politics that are talking, mm. that are influencing. So even if you want to have the most no, it's, clear mind on foreign policy, you are repeating the party line. I'm going to – do. please do not – 
try to define what I am saying. I would very much ask that. I see it as a peace issue. I am a pacifist at heart. I would like to see a peaceful resolution. How, especially with how you talk, talking about with him being an expansionist, that's, that is concern. He, that needs to be combated. And I 100% agree there. But we need to have some discussions of how to have a diplomatic solution to this. If that's, and, yeah. and so that, I don't think that's wrong for anyone to say. And again, Listen, I, I'm all for it. But then, so this is what I'm saying. We are actually not like the level of military engagement that is the step ahead of yeah. the boots on the ground is a no-fly zone. The United States is not even talking about doing a no-fly zone. We yeah, supply true. weapons give that. Yep. to countries and support and mm. train their troops all the time. Yeah. And so the fact that it's being made this big deal for fiscal conservative reasons no, see, is I, like mm. absolutely mind-blowing. I, I don't disagree with it on fiscal conservative reasons. I don't really disagree. Like I said, I don't really disagree with it at all. Again, my thing is I do think we should be providing the weapons. I have no, no reason to say that we shouldn't be providing the weapons. What I would rather say is let's try to, again, find a peaceful diplomatic solution, not through appeasement, not through peace in our time, Neville Chamberlain style, where we give Russia one thing thinking that they'll abide. I don't trust Putin. I really I don't. don't. And I would even be on that neoconservative camp that would really want to see some sort of operation that gets him out like Lindsey Graham suggested. Okay. So I do have some of those neoconservative policies, but yes, at the end of the day, we need to find a way to find this conflict to end. And it's not about appeasement. It's not about trying to give Putin what they want. And it's not about me being concerned about what my party is thinking. I think my party has a wide variety of views on this, but I think it's very fair to say that there are a lot of members of our party who are very, who are more concerned about our own national security and whether or not this would have an effect on our own national security, which I don't think it will. I don't. But it does. Like it does. Nuclear not, war has well, the security. I don't think it'll have, a, I don't think we're going to have Russia invading us. For example, no. I don't think we're actually even going to see a nuclear weapon used on U.S. soil or on U.S. individuals. Like we'll have that. cyber attacks. We'll have cyber, the no. constant threat of that that is always looming over our heads from a multitude of countries. But I think that there is no price tag too high to pay to deter nuclear war right now. Yes. And I, I think agree that with that's what like the conversation, all this other stuff, it's politic playing and not people who are speaking from this idea about what they want to see in the world or even how they want the United States to be seen. And that's what I'm saying. This yeah. whole like bickering about the price. No, listen, this is a serious threat. We know it's a serious threat. The people in Eastern Europe and our, Na our NATO allies see it as, as a threat. We invented yeah. NATO to stop Russia. Okay. Like yep. that was the point. Yeah. So let's Make sure that they're set up and let's make sure that we're set up in Ukraine because there is nothing to say that maybe we won't get invaded, quote unquote, but those ICBMs that were covered in the New START Treaty can launch a nuclear attack yeah. anywhere in the United States. Oh, of course. So let's be realistic about what we're talking about. We are the threat of nuclear war when it comes to that. And again, that's where you get those of us on our side who are very much against it. That's their reasoning behind why they don't want to give the weapons because they see it as we're instigating, we're poking the bear and we are putting us in the risk of nuclear war. Whereas I would say, I think we're already there at that risk. So it's to quote Donald Trump, what do you got to lose? So I'm not against to giving, Trump, what do you have to lose? So I would, again, I'm not against giving them the weapons that they need. Of course, and I will say we've been giving them billions of dollars. I would probably still 
keep into consideration broadly the federal budget. But where are those? That, let's just but say, I don't like, think, do you but know I where think, that money is going? Here, this is why it's not a bad investment, yeah. no matter what we do, because we're literally giving them billions of dollars to buy our weapons. Yeah, that benefit that go that those billions of dollars are literally going back, back into, into our own economy. Department. So it's cyclical. Yeah. And again, so it's not the top reason. Yeah, it's not the top reason for me, but always in general, you always want to make sure that I would say we'd always want to make sure we have a fiscally responsible budgeting policy. And the spending in Ukraine is a part of the billions upon billions that come into, I think we're even trillions now in terms of budgetary discussions. 80% of it is the defense spending. Okay. Anyway, we'll do that another day. We are at time. I told you we were going to get into it today. Yeah, we were. There we are. (laughs) All right. So thank you so much for joining us here for a Democrat and Republican walk into a bar. Thanks to our host, Ollie. Thank you so much. Records in beer. Such a really cool place. Come check them out and join us next time. Come and have a drink with us and have a chat. We'll be here before and after to talk with you. And don't forget to subscribe we actually have our subscriptions uh, up. This show is currently for the bargain price of $2.99 a month. $29.99 a year. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're actually talking about doing this once a week because yeah. it's such a good show. And actually, we, I enjoy it so YouTube much. YouTube is killing it. Like the YouTube, they love it. Yeah. Oh, they do. really? I have mm-hmm. to check that out. There's a but, lot of your folks over there. So they love it. Yay. <laughs> okay. But no, but I it will is. Say, it's look, good. And I, uh, yeah, and I brought it up to her because even though we disagree and we had a pretty good discussion here, I love it. I enjoy it. I feel intellectually stimulated and challenged by Cindy and it, I'm entertained and it's a good refresher for me. Too. And we hope you are too. So we're in discussions about expanding this. Yeah. So, weekly. but so here, here's the deal. We're not there yet though. And the, but this is, this is the call to action right here. Get your monthly subscription right now. Get your annual subscription right now. You will get that price then. For the rest of the series. But because once we go up to once a week, it the goes prices. to $4.99. Yeah. Okay. So get that $2.99 a month subscription. You lock that in. You get the annual subscription. You lock that in for the whole year. And you get to help make sure that we can provide content like this, that we mm. can have a great show, that we can talk about different issues. And we are keeping independent journalism. And also, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So we both get paid out of this as well. So if you could assist with helping me get lunch, I would appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> help entrepreneurs, right? Yes. That's really great. So thank you. Go ahead and check that out at BigMouthMediaFL.com and get your subscription to... Where is it on? DVR in a bar, sorry. DVR. Hashtag DVR in a bar. You can get to it. We'll make sure that on the YouTube channel, we're going to put that in the links, but you can check that out. The price and plans page on the website for BigMouthMediaFL.com. You'll be able to get that. And we post about it on our Facebook, our Twitter and our Instagram channel mm. all the time. And then on YouTube, what's the... Big uh, Mouth Media. The, Big Mouth Media. There we go. You can subscribe there. Now, the cool thing is we have on our YouTube channel there, uh, after we have this live discussion, actually, we're, we're actually streaming live oh, yes. on YouTube. So we're streaming Hi, live <laughs> on Facebook and YouTube, okay? Then we actually do an edited version, and I do a shorter edited version of the spiciest mm. parts of our conversation, and then <laughs> that goes on YouTube. And then the full thing, the full edited piece goes into our our channel on 
our website, that's where the subscription content comes in. Okay. Yeah. So that's where, so you get that. And as we keep growing, this is just a relatively new show. We've been doing this just a few times, but as we grow, you're going to have access as a subscriber to asking questions live, being part of the audience. And we're going to do live events, special things coming up because we're trying to build a community of folks who want to talk across party lines. Yeah. We need to have some Republicans are in their own little bubbles. And the fact that we can begin, hopefully what will become a movement of bipartisan discussions. Very happy to be a part of this. Very happy to be here. We won't be here next week. We're not going on a weekly yet. We'll still, we're still doing bi-weekly. We'll get to let you know the date. Check we'll, it out. You'll trust see, me, you'll see it on social you'll media. You'll see it. We're going to blast it. She'll, we'll give you the reminders. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much to thank Sean. You. Thank you. And Cindy Benny, we'll see you next time at DVR in a Bar. Bye-bye. <laughs> Oh, my God.